This is a podcast from Minute Media. Sox fans, here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. The Bastards are back for this Tuesday edition of the podcast. We are a part of the Minute Media Podcast Network. Just a quick disclaimer for any first-time listeners. This is not a Homer podcast. We call it how we see it. When the Red Sox are dominating, we will celebrate that. When the Red Sox are getting destroyed, we will be critical, and at times, savagely blunt. If you are easily offended, press the stop button immediately. But for those who embrace it, let's get rolling. I am your host, Charlie Smith, coming to you from Providence, Rhode Island. You can find on Twitter at Smith underscore MLB. I will be completely honest, I miss getting DMs of negativity. So please feel free to start sending those back. It's been fun to interact with folks. Uh, via Twitter, just online, but nothing negative, which is always a plus. Joining me tonight, we also have Jason Kelly coming to us from Canton, Massachusetts. Jason, how are you? Doing well. Yeah, coming off a fun weekend series. Um, couple, you know, all-star breaks coming up, which I don't particularly care for, except for the home run derby, but that's okay. Red Sox could use a break, so I'm all right with that. I'm with you on that one. I think the the break is going to come in handy, and I think it's going to do a lot of our 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 players some good, especially uh, considering we got some dead arm issues, some lower back issues. We just need everyone to take a couple days. Uh, last but not least, we also have Terry Cushman joining us from Myrtle Beach by way of Windham, Maine, with a big old smile on his face. Terry, how are you doing tonight? I'm splendid, Charlie. And uh, the Red Sox are relevant despite some discomfort with uh, some trends that we're seeing. But like Jason said, we could use a break. We know a guy like Nick Pavetta could use a break to reset a little bit. And Devers is a little banged up. So, um, yeah, totally on point. Ready for another episode of Totally Legit, Calling the Cops. It's one of the hardest things for me to say, totally legit or calling the cops. I always feel like I flub the words. It doesn't it's, flow it, right. It, it, it makes me feel terrible, but we're going we're gonna to give this a go. So, uh, Jason, we're going to put you in the one hole because you're the fastest one of the three of us and possibly the, get, the, the best looking. Totally legit or calling the cops. Bobby Dahlbeck has played his last couple meaningful games as a Red Sox player. In 2022, I want to say totally legit uh, because I'm ready for an upgrade over Bobby Dahlbeck. I'm sick of seeing him uh, swing and miss at balls in the dirt when the bases are loaded. I'm sick of him having non competitive at bats when the game's on the line. But I'm going to go with calling the cops on that one because he is Kyan Bloom's Baba. Uh, Kyan Bloom loves him some Bobby Dahlbeck and still thinks somehow that the second half that Bobby Dahlbeck had last season 
is going to return this season, um, which I think we all know it won't. I think we all know that this is who Bobby Dahlbeck is. He is a strikeout heavy hitter. If he runs into a meatball, he can hit it 500 feet, but that's about it. Um, unfortunately, I just, I don't see Kyan Bloom getting rid of him. I don't see Kyan Bloom making a significant upgrade at first base. I think the Franchi Cordero, Bobby Dahlbeck platoon is what you're going to get for the rest of the year. Um, so it's a shame because first base is a pretty easy position to address. There are much better offensive and defensive first basemen out there all the time that other teams seem to pick up. See New York Yankees with Anthony Rizzo. Um, but the Red Sox, for some reason, decided to just punt on that position altogether. And I think we are stuck with Bobby Dahlbeck until either we get a new GM or Tristan Cassis comes up. I think that's about it. So, unfortunately, I'm going to call the cops and say Bobby Dahlbeck is here to stay for a while. I want to call the cops so bad on that one as well, but I'm just not convinced that first base is a huge priority for Hein Bloom. Um, as Jason was essentially alluding to, I think the dream scenario is Josh Bell, who would have a very similar impact to Kyle Schwarber, maybe even maybe even a bigger impact uh, than Schwarber did. Bell is hitting 304 right now with a 386 on base. He plays for the Nationals. He is going to get moved to some team at the trade deadline. We all want it to be the Red Sox but I, I can't see it happening. Unfortunately, I think Dahlbeck's here to stay. And in game four of the Yankees series, I think it was the sixth inning. It was the inning before we went off. And we had the bases. Uh, it was the sixth inning because Chapman was pitching. We had the bases loaded, no outs. We only scored one run. And Alex Cora in the dugout was kind of walking back and forth, and you could see him shaking his head. No, like you could just tell he was he was irritated at the way the the inning played out. And Bobby Dahlbeck was a big part of that with that ugly strikeout. I, I mentioned it on the last show. Strike three was down by his ankles. It should have been ball three, but um, painful. But I'm not convinced that that they're gonna deal Dahlbeck. So. Total, uh, calling the cops for me. So, oh, sorry. Um, I think this is totally legit. I really do. Uh, Bobby Dalbeck struck out on strike four. Strike three was called a ball, and it was right over the dish. He didn't swing at it. He looked overmatched, completely uncomfortable. Bases loaded. Really, in my opinion, your final chance. Michael Chavis did not get this many opportunities to perform in Boston. That's just a statement of fact. And Michael Chavis is a much better ball player than Bobby Dahlbeck. I think this is completely feasible and completely legitimate to think that Bobby Dahlbeck, who's, I believe, maybe half a year younger than Ryan Fitzgerald in AAA down in Worcester, give this kid a chance. He's 28 years old. He's torching AAA. Why not give him a chance? The worst you could do is get the same level of production as you have from Bobby Dahlbeck. And this is someone that has multiple position flexibility. He can play short. He can play second. He can play third. He can play first. 
And if I'm not mistaken, he can also play the outfield too. This is someone who can do a little bit of everything. And I think we need to give this guy an opportunity, just a chance. Because if Dahlbeck, uh, if Dahlbeck isn't going to be willing to, to do what he needs to do, Fitzgerald's going to be able to play first. He can play third. Devers needs a day off. Put Fitzy over there at third. This is a perfect opportunity for the Red Sox to start planning. We don't need to buy a first baseman, a la Josh Bell would be amazing. I just don't think it's going to happen. It's just not the top priority right now. We have other areas where we can improve, and I think we can just do something from in-house. We've had no problem bleeding our, our minor league farm system for starting pitching because we don't have any. So why not get Fitzgerald up here? He's never had an opportunity. He's 28 years old. That's my two cents. Did either one of you guys have anything else you wanted to add? No, I, I'd be good with Fitzgerald. Um, I agree. I, I I would love Josh Bell, but I think it's a pipe dream. Um, I actually think Houston is going to get Josh Bell uh, out of anyone. I, I think they're the leading contender to probably snag him. Um, they could use more production at first base. Jordan Alvarez just went on the IL again, so they're going to need another lefty bat. He's a switch hitter, but he'll, he'll hit lefty most of the time. So I don't think getting Josh Bell, I don't, again, like I said, I don't see Bloom making a significant trade. So, hey, if Fitzgerald is, is tearing it up, then why not? You just called up Jeter Downs because he was tearing it up. So why not Fitzgerald, who, like Charlie said, is versatile, plays multiple positions. And, you know, with Arroyo getting hurt and, and more guys seemingly headed to the IL, uh, you might as well give it a shot. Nothing else to add. Cool. All right, so we'll move on to the next one. Um, Rob Riffsnyder should keep his spot on the team over Christian Arroyo when the time comes. Are you thinking this is totally legit, or are we going to call the cops? I'm going to say totally legit, um, but it may not be Arroyo. It may be someone else. It may be Darren Duran getting sent back down. Um, we've seen Duran cool off a little bit in this Yankee series. Um, that, I mean, watching Jaron Duran against Garrett Cole was met against boys. Garrett Cole just threw 98 mile an hour fastballs down the middle and Jaron Duran could not see it and could not hit it. And I like Jaron Duran. I've, I've been a proponent of him being up with the big league team, but he looks overmatched at times. And Ref Snyder, at least, is a veteran. He's been around, um, plays good defense, has good at-bats, and doesn't look overmatched out there. You know, he, he's not always going to tear it up. He'll have his, you know, his, he'll have his 0 for 4 games where he doesn't provide much impact. But I feel better about Ref Snyder at the plate in a big spot than I do Jaron Duran right now. And Duran's more expendable. You can send him down. Um, Arroyo, you can't do that. You've got to cut him or trade him. And I, I don't think he has much trade value, to be honest. So that makes it a little more difficult. Um, so I, I think totally legit, Ref Snyder should stay. But I think it'll just be Duran that gets sent down rather than Arroyo going anywhere else. Terry? For the exact scenario, uh, you know, Ref Snyder staying in Arroyo going, I, I would call the cops. I know Jeter Downs is up, but Duran was hot and then he went 0 for 12. 
And I, I could see Jeter Downs doing the same thing here in, in a, another week or two. And I'm not convinced that Bradley's spot on the team is safe. I, I think perhaps he could be the odd man out if you're keeping a guy like Ref Snyder up. We are insanely lefty heavy. You could have an outfield alignment right now with all lefties if you wanted to. Verdugo, uh, Verdugo, Cordero, Bradley, take any one of those three out, put Duran in there. You're still you're still three lefties. We've got way too many lefties out there. And then you've got a guy like Christian Arroyo who in the last 15 games is is hitting 262 with a 354 on base. I think Alex Cora loves him. I think you need him anyway. Kike Hernandez might be out for the season, by the way. Uh, he can't even DH in Worcester without having bad hip pain. His season might be done. And I think Arroyo is the best guy you have off the bench that could see some time in the infield. So I just think he's too valuable. I think he's too popular with Alex Cora. Like Jason, I can see Russ Snyder staying up, but it's going to be a different scenario uh, in which he does. So, call the cops for me. So, I'm going to go and say, I think this is totally legit again. I really do, because after Christian Arroyo started, like, tap dancing on the ground doing his little, like, dance, where's the ball? I don't know where the ball is. Looking up. I don't know where the ball is. I don't know where the ball is. That was awful. What made that worse was just how far back that ball was, and he didn't know. The fans were telling him to go back. He was not moving. Everyone was telling him to go back, and he stood there. It was like, um, I think it's Travis Jankowski when he was with the Phillies, and he was stuck in between second and third and froze And the catcher came all the way out from behind the dish and tagged him out in his spot. It was brutal to watch. It was a bad base running blunder. This was a bad fielding blunder. Joey bleeping Gallo, who has square wheels, made it all the way around third and almost scored an inside the park home run. That's inexcusable in a game where you're already looking like a it's Bambi on ice. We don't seem to have anything going. You know, we get a run back. We allow three more. I'm done with Christian Arroyo. I wonder if we have somebody in Worcester that could play multiple positions. Oh, we do Fitzgerald and we haven't given him a chance yet. Arroyo is hitting like 220. He's got a couple home runs this year. He spends usually three or four stints on the I.L., He's probably, once he's back from the aisle, going to spend another one or two more stints on the IL. I just don't trust this man. And I want to give other opportunities to other players. I'm not going to fault Duran, whose streak of, you know, one for his last 12 or one for his last 13 isn't pretty. The ugly thing even more so with that is the, 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 is the number of strikeouts. Because in New York... Thought-provoking. the idea of being a human being. Innovative. And truly original. We had an 0 for 4. We had an 0 for 2, and he had another strikeout in another game. So clearly some things weren't going great for him. 
I don't want to give up on Jaron Duran. I would much rather say, you know what, Bobby Dahlbeck or Christian Arroyo, it's time. Goodbye. We have other options. I just want to apologize to the audience. Um, my settings for my laptop are supposed to be on mute, but I get a commercial. Like it's happened like once a show for the last week and it just blared like really loud. So sorry about that. Um, it took me a second to figure out which window it was coming from. <laughs> Panic situation. So sorry again for that. No, you're fine. At least you didn't burp like I did thinking you were muted when you weren't. So show, yeah. It's that, was, a, that was brutal. That's my fault. It's been a bad couple of shows uh, for technical stuff. But um, right. anyway, um, we're just a little far apart on the Arroyo thing, but that's fine. It, it's There's going to be moves that happen this month that we don't see coming, whether it's trades, whether it's who gets to stay, who doesn't. I, so we'll we'll see. I'll be shocked yep. if Arroyo is out. I'll just say that. But. We'll see. We shall see. Uh, next on the hit parade, Garrett Whitlock will return to the Sox pen and lead the team in saves by the end of the season. Is this totally legit, or are you calling the cops, Jason? Totally legit. Um, I, it's going to depend on, obviously, his health. Because I think we're starting to see maybe a little bit of wear and tear. I think putting him in the rotation was a little too much stress on him. And that's what landed him on the IL. So knowing that he's going back to the bullpen, or at least so they say, when he comes back, that's good to see. Um, I still don't really trust the Red Sox in terms of their handling of him. Because, you know, we were, again, we were told at the start of the year he was going to be the closer. And then they quickly put him into the rotation as soon as Tanner Houck had to miss a start. Um, so it seems like they're just chomping at the bit to, to make him a starter and just to really accelerate that program. Um, so I still don't trust that they're going to keep him in the bullpen when he comes back, but assuming that they don't put him back in the rotation, I still think he's your best option out of that pen. If you need three, you know, three outs in the ninth or, you know, the beauty of Whitlock is you can put him in in the seventh, you know, in a 5-2 game, and he can just close it out from there. He can go the, the three innings, and he can get you nine outs. Um, I think they trust him more than Tanner Houck. I think they trust him more than Matt Strom. And apart from Houck and Strom, who the hell else would you want pitching in a save situation in that bullpen? There is nobody else. So I'm saying totally legit. Garrett Whitlock will lead this team in saves after coming back. I have to call the cops just based on Alex Cora's comments. I would love for Garrett Whitlock to come back and close, but it just sounds like they want to keep him in the multi-inning role. And perhaps they're doing this to kind of leave the door open for him to start. If say Evaldi comes back and just can't stay healthy or Bayo just can't hang right now with major league hitting and, and whatnot. So I think you're going to see him utilized two or three times a week for two or three innings per appearance. And I think that's how they, they're going to roll. I mean, like I said, injuries could dictate a, a different course, but like I said, if there is a different course, it's probably back to the rotation. So so, Terry, I think you and I are aligned on just about everything. 
uh, up until now. Uh, <laughs> I think this is totally legit. I'm going to side with Jason on this one because while Tanner Houck has been a great option in the eighth, ninth inning, um, or, or, or really ninth inning, this is someone who can be a great eighth plus ninth inning. So you're taking a whole extra inning away from starters and relievers that could potentially be used for other games. If you have a starter that goes five plus six innings, you really only need a stopgap of about an inning, maybe an inning and a third, two thirds, because Garrett Whitlock can get four or five outs easy. He's already proven that he can do it. Wouldn't surprise me to see a two and a third inning save. Uh, I definitely think this is this is possible, and I think it's totally legit. I think Alex Cora is going to recognize that this is going to be the real true one opportunity for you to consistently make this team better where they're going to be able to focus in other areas. I think Schreiber, Strom, Hauk in a 6-7-8 combination role, and then you shut it down with Whitlock, devastating. And that's going to look really, really nice once our arms come back. I definitely think it's legit. And I, I, it would take a lot, I think, for Alex Gore to not make the, the right decision in that case. At least Jason and I are aligned with that. Uh, Terry, is there anything you wanted to counter to that? No, I got nothing no. to add. All right. Jason, anything else? No, the only thing I'll add is I mentioned outside of Hauk and uh, Strom, who else would you trust? You mentioned Schreiber. I somehow completely forgot about him. He's been great. I still, he just still seems to me like the bubble's going to burst at, at some point on that guy. Yeah. So for that reason, I still trust Whitlock way more than John Schreiber. A hundred percent. I think, I, I think we all do. I think any Red Sox fan would agree with you on that. Um, it, it's not to say that yeah, I remember when Job, uh, Job is, is currently running, I think like four fan clubs and he's running all four. Um, although only one is relevant uh, and that's John Schreiber. The other ones just are not. They're just not getting it done. So uh, Schreiber didn't have a very large sample size when Job admittedly so stated that he wanted him to get the closer role. I still did not want that to be the case. Um, he, he, like you mentioned, Jason, we're still waiting for that. We're waiting for teams to figure him out. When it, when it happens, it, will he still have that same level of dominance? I don't know. The Angels, way back, uh, back when I think they were the Los Angeles angels of anaheim was how it was referred to them at the time had a closer i think his name was brendan donnelly and his era was microscopic it was like 0.36 it was just stupid and i think if i'm not mistaken he also came to boston for a short while as well this could very well be that type of person someone that has like a microscopic era in his first year and then they just figure him out but we'll see we'll we'll, we'll keep our, our fingers crossed and 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 stay hopeful uh, moving on to the next one, Christian Vasquez's rejuvenation in 2022 and his great campaign will net him a two-year deal at season's end. Totally legit. Are you calling the cops? Totally legit. Um, I don't know if it'll be with Boston. Um, he's making a case that it should be because I don't know. Our catcher depth is not great. Connor Wong is inconsistent. I know a lot of people are high on Ronaldo Hernandez, but I'm not sure that he offensively can give you what Christian Vasquez gives you. If anything, I think that you might see a Vasquez-Wong tandem next year. I think Kevin Pilecki's done after this. I, I think we can all agree on that. Um, and maybe a Vasquez-Hernandez platoon somewhere down the road. But 
look, Vasquez, he's he's getting it done. And it's not just offensively. The pitching staff seems very comfortable working with him. And that's something that has been kind of back and forth the last couple of years. You know, there's been rumors slash reports that, you know, some pitchers weren't too comfortable working with him and that he didn't call a great game. He seems to be doing just fine because you're starting pitching up until everyone started getting hurt, was performing very well this year. So, yeah, I think absolutely his his 2022 is going to net him a two-year deal, probably with Boston. I, I'd be shocked if they just let him walk and, you know, Connor Wong is your everyday catcher now. I, I just – I don't see that being an option. So I'm going to say totally legit. I'm going to agree and say totally legit as well. We did kind of talk about this last week, but I, the Red Sox just don't have many good options. And of all the areas where money is likely to be spent this winter, I can't see catching being that, um, you know, high of a priority outside of bringing back Vasquez. I think even if another team offered Vasquez a third year, I still think his preference would strongly to play in Boston. And uh, I don't see him going anywhere. What I could see is if Connor Wong is brought up next year, if he gets hot and the pitching staff works well with him, I can see him possibly getting more starts than Vasquez at some point he'll have to he'll have to win that but um it's a scenario i can definitely see but i i think vasquez is not going anywhere so i think this is totally legit as well and uh one thing i i wanted to talk about it because it was mentioned on the the last uh last week's show with christian vasquez vasquez is making just 7 million not a lot for a catcher. And next year, if he ends up signing, you know, two year deal, I think he's probably going to get two for 21 to 22, we'll probably make 10, the first, maybe 12, the second year. And like you said, Terry, I think if you give him a third year, um, that would lock it up. If another team were to give him a third year, it still wouldn't be enough for him to leave because this is someone that was concerned, genuinely concerned that he was going to get moved. This 289 batting average that he has right now, and that's before today's action, second best in his career by a thousandth of a point. He is hitting out of his mind. No, the home runs aren't there. No, the RBIs are not insane. But his 33 RBIs represent the third most in his career, and the four home runs represent the fifth most in his career. By the end of the season, I believe that he will probably have hit the second most home runs he'll probably hit eight or nine he'll probably have 60 some odd rbis which is more than adequate for for vasquez and more than adequate at that position very few teams have elite catchers it's not the position that teams invest a lot of money on i'm curious to see how uh you know adley rushman does because he's really like the catcher of the future the pittsburgh pirates took a catcher really really high in the draft i'm curious to see how he does as well um, those are names to, to watch out for the future, but we're not going to put our faith in uh, Ronaldo Hernandez. Connor Wong is not the answer. Kevin Ploiecki, LOL. It's not going to happen with him either. He's done after 2022. So I definitely think this is legit, and I think he's going to get a two-year deal, probably $22 million or so. 
That's uh, my guess if he's willing to take that. Um, moving into the next one, this one's probably going to get some 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 air punches thrown. Andrew Benintendi will be traded to the New York Yankees. Is this totally legit? Are you calling the cops, Jason? I'm calling the cops. Um, oddly enough, I think, yeah, there's a lot of smoke there. I don't think there's any fire. Um, I could see the Royals asking for a little too much for Benintendi. And I think he will get dealt. I don't think he's staying in Kansas City. I think he will get dealt. But he's going to get dealt somewhere. A, a team is going to come over the top rope with something stupid. I mean, we saw it at last year's trade deadline. The the prices for some of these players and what teams are giving up for them. You know, top five prospects are being traded at the deadline now. Guys who are ranked number three, number four in their systems are getting traded. Um I don't know that the Yankees are going to do that for a guy like Ben Attendee, who's not a power hitter. They, they, they love power hitters. They want left-handed hitters who can take advantage of the short porch. Now Ben Attendee might take a little bit of advantage of that, but that's not his game. He's not a power guy. So I, I could see a team like St. Louis who's, you know, still contending coming over the top rope and giving up their number three prospect for him or something like that. That seems more likely to me than the Yankees. So I'm going to call the cops and say, Ben Nintendi is going to get traded somewhere else, not New York. I'm going to say that's totally legit. Joey Gallo right now is just trash. Worse than Bobby Dahlbeck. I mean, he's hitting... A buck sixty six. Yeah, he's hit ten home runs, driven in twenty one. Uh, you know, runs batted in. I think Brian Cashman, Yankees GM, has tons of remorse about making that trade, and I think a guy like Ben Intendi. I think if he ends up playing in either left or right field, where he could play anywhere in Yankee Stadium, quite frankly, I just think Cashman will will look to the outfield in the trade market. I don't think he's he's got the first or second best bullpen. They they keep switching with the Astros first and second, but they got one of the best bullpens in MLB. I don't think he's worried about his rotation. And that's that's the area they're going to target, I feel like. And they're obviously not worried about the division at this point, but they could see us again in October. And I think I think Cashman would love to kind of jab the Red Sox a little bit and say, hey, look who we got, you know, and. Benintendi's having a good year. It's uh, he's mostly hitting singles. He's not hitting much for power or extra bases, but he's getting on base, and I, I think that's still very appealing. So I don't know. I think it's legit. Terry, that little business that I said where you and I uh, we didn't really uh, see eye to eye on something. This is one of those ones that I see eye to eye with you. I, I think this is totally legit. Andrew Benatendi playing at Yankee Stadium would be incredible for him. 
Andrew Benintendi would be a relevant hitter with that joke of a right field. And you're going to see what could be long singles and doubles turn into home runs. This is the stadium that made Johnny Damon look relevant. Remember that, guys. Johnny Damon macked, I think it was 24 or 25 home runs in one of the years that he was in New York. And the year before that, I think he had like 11 or 12 total home runs as a member of the Red Sox. He might have not even hit double digits. I can't remember. But he had the benefit of that humidor, whatever they want to call that right field uh, at Yankee Stadium. It's the stadium that he's hit the third most home runs behind Fenway Park and obviously Kauffman Stadium now that he's there. I definitely think that this would be a great move for New York to make up for an absolute zero in Joey Gallo. When the Boston Red Sox make someone like Joey Gallo look relevant, that's just telling you something, that Joey Gallo does not belong on a major league team batting in a major league lineup. And uh, that happening would be a double ouch for us because one, we let him go for Franchi Cordero and, and understandably so, I think it was the right play. I think he needed to get a, a fresh start. But man, oh man, facing Andrew Benintendi, at Yankee Stadium or Fenway Park, losing to Andrew Benintendi while on the Yankees with a game-winning hit would be awful. But I'm bracing myself for the possibility that that could happen. I know it's 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 far out there, but we've seen crazier things happen. As uh, as long as it has to be Winkowski that gives it up, though. Because that makes it even sweeter. Because he was he was the other guy that all the people raved about that we got in the Benatendi trade. So oh, if, that would... there's there's a sick part of me that would love to see Winkowski give up a game winning bomb to Benatendi at Yankee Stadium. Not gonna lie. Oh come on. I mean just just once just once. I, I still want the Red Sox to win, but like it'd be kind of funny. Let's let's admit it. It'd be kind of funny just to watch the Illuminati just be like go all silent after that. It'd be interesting. I think we'd have a couple people that we know pretty close that would not really have anything to say. But we also have some fans that would also, similarly to what you said, Jason, they'd be also quite quiet. Uh, Terry, is there anything else you want to add to that one? I was just trying to find his uh, Yankee Stadium numbers, but I'm I'm not that quick. So, oh, He's here we seven, go. Seven homers. He's batting two sixty nine. I think it was thirty three RBIs. You got it. Yes. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah, 23 homers at Fenway, 8 at Kaufman. He's got 7 at Camden and 7 at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. It could happen. I, I just think of the, it'd be good for the rivalry. and It would be. The, the casuals and pink hats of Red Sox Nation, oh, my God, the cry fest. I love watching that. That's, that's, my, that's my favorite comedy. That's my Dumb and Dumber. It's my anchor man. I, I love watching meltdowns like that. So, Right on. So we're going to wrap this one up. Um, with the plethora of injuries in the rotation, the Red Sox need to prioritize starting pitching stat. Is that totally legit, or are you calling the cops, Jason? Totally legit. I don't know how you can go into the second half of this season in a playoff spot playoff race relying on guys like Nathan Avaldi, Chris Sale, James Paxton, who Michael Walker and Rich Hill, who 
do not have good track records of staying healthy, and two of whom, in Sale and Paxton, who are coming off major injuries. You just, you can't do it. And look, the Red Sox have somehow skated around that. Their pitching depth has stepped up. We talked about Cutter Crawford in the last show and him stepping up in that series. They've had guys like Winkowski who got shelled against New York, but has had some good performances before that. So they've gotten lucky, but you can't go into August and September and play meaningful games and expect to get by with Cutter Crawford and Connor Seabold, who actually is also hurt now, um, and Brian Bayo and all these other guys. You need to go and get another starter because Michael Waka has been on the IL six out of the last seven seasons. Okay, so he he's good when he's healthy, but he can't stay healthy. That's why you were able to scoop him up. That's why nobody really wanted him. Uh, Rich Hill is 42, 43 years old, whatever it is, and looks like he's already starting to fade. Uh, Nathan Avaldi was healthy last year by some stroke of luck, but he's had injury problems in the past. He's had, what was it, floating bodies in his elbow or something the last couple of years before that. So he's always hurt. Chris Sale, we know his injury history, and James Paxson is a complete question mark. If the Red Sox truly want to contend, and that's something that'll be debated through the rest of the year, quite frankly, but if they really do, then Kyle Bloom needs to prioritize starting pitching. He needs to go out and ask the Reds about Luis Castillo or something like that, because I just don't think with the injury history of the guys that he's relying on, I don't think it's going to be enough. And we've already seen their pitching depth take a huge hit. And it's just, it's not going to be enough if you want to make the playoffs and make a real run. So he's got to go get another starter. I forgot how the question was worded. Uh, if it's that we should prioritize the rotation, I would say that's legit. If we're saying that Bloom will prioritize rotation, I, I would call the cops on that uh, because I, I just think he's he's made his bed and he's gonna he's gonna lay in it. He's just gonna gamble that Avaldi comes back and his his normal stout self and he that. Waka could come back. Dead arm usually will put you down for two, three, four weeks tops. Um, and then, you know, typically they bounce back. And I also think he's he's gambling on Chris Sale. So I can't see Bloom really addressing that part of uh, of the team, unfortunately. Uh, and also him doing so will, would also be him admitting he was wrong about his off season moves. And I don't think he's a guy who likes to admit he's wrong and just guessing, but so I just, I just don't see that being addressed. I find it interesting that you worded it that way because absolutely, totally legit totally legit there it is i think i flubbed it uh we need to get another starting pitcher and jason already mentioned the reasons we had too many injuries too quickly and we don't know the status of what people are going to be like when they're repaired or better or healed or somewhat healed and we don't really have any flexibility to wait and see i don't want to wait and see i want to feel confident that we have a durable starting rotation and right now 
nobody can say that conclusively. We're going to be okay in the second half of the season. We are barely putting pieces together to wrap up the first half of the season before the All-Star game. We have rookies that before the season started, we had two, three guys, never seen a lick of Major League Baseball. And now we're asking them to go five innings to, to try to put like a quality start together. We need to do it. I, like you, Terry, unfortunately, don't think that Chaim Bloom will admit that he was wrong in that these, as you eloquently put it, under-the-radar picks were, were sexy. Like, I don't want to see those. We had an opportunity. I think we failed before the season started. This needs to be addressed. We need to get at least one bona fide starting pitcher in this rotation, or it's going to be joke city. We need to get this going because we can't afford any more injuries. Uh, anything that either one of you gentlemen wanted to add? No, I, I just think, like you said, it's if you get any more injuries here down the stretch, you're going to fall out of contention pretty quick. So, you know, and I think we were all hoping that Brian Bayo was going to come up and be Pedro Martinez 2.0. We don't know that. His, his first right. start didn't go well. So right. I just, I think relying on that is foolish. So go right. out and do something. Yep. Cool. Bayo will have pitched, I think, by the time this comes out. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see how uh, these takes age on him. I, in the last show, didn't uh, think he would have a good start based on my pick. I'd be curious to see what he looks like against a more righty-heavy lineup, but I he could get sent down after this start as well. So we'll see. That we will. Uh, Jason and Terry, I want to thank you both for joining me this evening for another fun episode of Totally Legit or Calling the Cops. And to all of our dedicated and loyal listeners, thank you so much for everything that you've done in helping grow the podcast and wherever you are listening to us, whether it be on Spotify or Apple podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, we thank you. And we continue uh, to look forward to chatting with you on Twitter. Everyone have a wonderful night. Take care.